The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, it's Tony Messia with the Charlotte Ledger, and you're listening to the Charlotte Ledger Podcast. You can find out more about the Charlotte Ledger and subscribe to our newsletters by going to thecharlotteledger.com. Today, we're doing something a little different, a mini podcast, a short and snackable version on the city of Charlotte's 2023 election. We're going to get you up to speed with everything you need to know to be an informed voter in less than 10 minutes. Of course, if you want to know more, go to the Charlotte Ledger election hub at thecharlotteledger.com. We'll be updating it through election day, which is Tuesday, November 7th. We're making all of our election resources available for free to everyone with no ads at all. And we can do that only because of the support of our Charlotte Ledger paying members. So if you're not a member, why not join us today? Okay, so I have with me on this mini podcast a couple people who know what they're talking about when it comes to local elections. Brian Holiday of Charlotte Public Relations and Ledger Elections researcher Sucharita Kadali. Thank you both. Let's get right to it. Brian, how would you describe the current city council and how could this election change it? Well, I guess I would describe the current city council as fragile. Uh, the relationships are good and they're fine unless you start digging in and the issues start getting a little more murky and a little little rougher waters down there. The mayor endorsed against uh, one of the current city council people that was reelected. So you have a little bit of that tension. You have the tension that came out from the last time of who was going to actually be uh, mayor pro tem and some little tension around, around that. And then you also have tension around different views of how to implement and look at the UDO. What's going to change? change? Probably nothing. What we have is this election is really going to come out with two interesting aspects. One is going to be District 6, which I imagine we'll dig into, which has a chance to replace a Democrat with a sitting Republican. And the other big question we have coming in is who's going to be the top vote getter? Historically, whoever is the number one vote getter becomes mayor pro tem. But we're seeing more and more historically people moving away from appointing those and actually sitting down as uh, organized group and saying, actually, we're not going to put the weight in the top vote getter. We're going to actually have this from a different way. I think it's important to note, I think, as you said, Brian, it's a nine to two split Democrat to Republican, but that doesn't always break down along party lines that you do have some divisions, as you pointed out, uh, within Democrats who who control the council on some of those things like the unified development ordinance. So just to break it down a little further. So the city council has 11 members presided over by the mayor. They're elected to two year terms. Of those 11 members, four are elected at large, which means by the whole city, and seven are elected in districts. Now, Sucharita, you examined the backgrounds of the candidates running for those offices. What do you think some of the biggest themes are and what did you learn by doing that? Yeah, so I would say that the three biggest themes, and they were all um, pretty consistent with virtually every candidate. One is um, affordable housing. The second big theme is uh, just making infrastructure um, both more affordable as well as reducing congestion in key parts of the city um, and public safety. Public safety came up often because of higher crime rates. It came up because of a lot of situations in Uptown related to, you know, incidents that could be public drinking related or people urinating in public or whatever the case may be. So let's talk about some of these individual races. We're going to try and go a little bit rapid fire. The mayor's race has competition. Mayor Vi Lyles, she's running for a fourth term. 
She's a Democrat. She hasn't had a close race in a while. So, Sharita, who are her challengers and what are they saying? So Masoon Kim is the Republican on the ticket. She is an entrepreneur and an immigrant from Korea. Um, she has no previous public service experience, um, but is running because she thinks that three terms is just too much for a mayor and that she thinks that a fresh set of eyes um, would be useful. Rob Yates is the libertarian candidate. He too has no previous public service experience. He talks about the dysfunction that he sees in the municipal offices and and believes that there needs to be a change. All right, let's talk about the at-large race. Now, in this race, you have four sitting council members, all Democrats who are on the ballot, Dimple Ejmera, Lawana Slack-Mayfield, James Smudgy Mitchell, and Victoria Watlington. And you also have libertarian Stephen DeFiore. Uh, what's the outlook for this one, Brian? So this one, it's interesting. The Republicans didn't even field a candidate and no Republican decided to actually run as a candidate. And you have the opposition vote. Stephen will probably pick up some Republican votes. There's not a lot of libertarians in Charlotte. And so that will be interesting to see that. Okay, I'd like to go through some of the district races now. District one, you got Democrat Dante Anderson. She has no competition in her district. That includes parts of Uptown, Noda, Baza Midwood. District two, Democrat Malcolm Graham won his primary. He has no competition in his district, which is to the north of Uptown, including Wesley Heights. Skip over District 3 for now. District 4, University Area, Democrat Renee Johnson won her primary. She has no competition. District 5, East Charlotte, Democrat Marjorie Molina won her primary. She has no competition on the November ballot. We'll put a pin in District 6 for the moment. District 7, Republican Ed Driggs, who's one of two Republicans on the council. He represents South Charlotte, the Ballantine, Pineville Matthews Road corridor. He had no competition in the primary, and he doesn't have any in the general election either. There's a little bit of a theme there, it seems like, Brian. Why don't we have more competition in so many of these races? Last year, city council was talking about going to four-year terms because they were. one of the arguments was it's really hard for newcomers to get up to speed in two years. And the reality is there are no newcomers. It's really hard to unseat an incumbent. Charlotte is moving further and further away from people engaging and paying attention to local politics. And there's a lot of reasons that happens. One is the transientness of the city. And the other thing is, you know, people think they can't win. They don't apply for the job. And so you're seeing less competition and the fact that it's it's also reflecting the way that people are voting. All right, let's talk about these remaining district races. District three, there is some competition on paper in this district. This is a West Side district. Sucharita, who's running in this race and what are they saying? Yeah, so District 3 used to be, or it's where Victoria Watlington is serving now. She's now running, of course, for the at-large seat. So she is be going to be replaced by their Tijuana Brown, and she's the Democrat. So Tijuana Brown, interesting story. She is a District 3 native, and she actually talks about a prison sentence that she served in federal prison where she gave birth to her youngest daughter. James Bowers, her Republican opponent, um, describes himself as a conservative Republican and committed Christian husband. He talks about safe neighborhoods and some of the low-level lawlessness, quote-unquote, that he sees in District 3. The other one that is worth looking at is District 6. This is the South Charlotte District in the South Park area where incumbent Republican Tark Bakari is uh, facing Democratic challenger Stephanie Hand. This is a rematch of last year's election in which Bukhari just squeaked by, I think it was about 300 votes out of something like 19,000 cast, very close. Uh, I think people are expecting it to be pretty competitive this time too. Brian, tell me about this race. This is the race that people are interested in. 
You have Tark, who is probably one of the bigger personalities on city council. He is somebody who is willing to push the bruise or push the edge. He's a little bit more of a disruptor. And the Democrat is Stephanie Hand, who is extremely qualified to sit on city council from a policy position and from a representative position. Tark is saying is, do we need another Democrat or someone to get along with the Democrats and move things forward? Or do you want somebody who's going to be difficult pushing talking about it. And Stephanie's argument is, hey, you want a representative who can actually get stuff done for your district, who is easy to get along with, who isn't difficult. I think it's going to be interesting how it shakes out. He's been emphasizing, I think, crime as an issue, which you don't often hear advance as, as something that council members are talking about that much. And some of the quality of life things, she's more sort of, I can work together to get things done and I can I can play nice with others. Sucharita, anything to add? I just encourage everybody to vote and be informed in how you vote. If you are unhappy with these choices, write in a candidate. And um, that even that sends a message that, you know, if you're you're unhappy with your choices or you you don't like what is in front of you and um, there there should be no reason to not cast a vote. All right. That's a good spot to end it on. Brian and Sucharita, thanks a lot. Early voting runs through November 4th, 2023. Election day is Tuesday, November 7th, 2023, and the polls will be open that day, 6.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. You can find out more information about your ballot at the Mecklenburg County Board of Elections website. And we've got all the information you need to cast an informed vote on our Charlotte Ledger election hub at thecharlotteledger.com. It provides basic information about everything on the ballot, plus links to other media and other resources should you want to know more. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. The Charlotte Ledger Podcast is produced by Lindsay Banks. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. 